Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. If you could turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel 37, verse 1. It says this, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you. And you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel said, so as I prophesied, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones have dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Amen. The title of my message today is this, resurrecting Hope. Resurrecting hope. This, if you've never read this scripture before in Ezekiel, Ezekiel was a prophet, a prophet who heard from God, he saw visions, and he spoke and commanded what he believed God showed him. And in this amazing bit of scripture, in Ezekiel, Ezekiel sees a vision. And the, and the Lord takes Ezekiel in this vision to a dry valley, it says. He comes to a dry valley that's barren and looks at it and all that's there are bones everywhere. Bones of humans laid all on this valley. He sees and looks at this vast array 
of just dead, dry bones, it says. And in this bit of scripture, it actually says that they were very dry. Very dry. For bones to be this dry, the only thing that dries them is the sun. And they have been parched on this desert land for such a long time. And in this story, God asks Ezekiel, he looks at him and says, Can these bones live? Can what's dried up, what looks dead and parched, no life in them at all, can these live? Big question. Remember, this is a vision. Ezekiel must have been thinking in his own mind, no. It's impossible. There's no life. There's nothing left other than the remains. And then as we see in the story, God asks Ezekiel to prophesy, to speak over these bones. That life will come to them. That life will come and that they will be revived again. And as we see in the story, Ezekiel, he speaks over these bones. He prophesies the words that the Lord commanded him. And he begins to see these bones come to life. The whole point of this vision was that hope would be restored to Israel. They were in exile and the people of Israel didn't know if they would have their kingdom again. And what Ezekiel wanted to show in this, what we could say, this metaphoric, this symbol of a vision, is that hope can come again. Hope will come again to the nation of Israel. Because I believe that just as God showed Ezekiel this vision, many of us today can be in a very, very similar situation. Many of us today are looking around at our dry bones. There's circumstances in our lives where you're wandering in the valley. You're not in a vision, but you're looking at dry, parched bone. Very dry. You think in yourself, in your own mind, it's impossible for ever life to come back in my situation. In the thing that is my dry bones. And your valley has become this lifeless, barren place. And you think, is there ever any hope? I want to speak to all those people today. And I believe there's many of us who are in the situation where hope is gone. You feel like hope is dead. And all you're left is with a dry bone. Your dreams have died. Some people have some dreams that they wish they could have seen come to pass. They wish they could see life in them. But yet all they do is they come to church and they just go back and look around at the dry bones. And there's nothing there. I want to speak to these people. Number one, today, I believe, you hear many times this, there's life after death. And I'm not talking about when, just when you die. In this story, what we see in Ezekiel, it talks about life after death. 
What the God of Israel is saying to Ezekiel is this. What you can see where there's death, where there's nothing left. In this metaphoric picture where Israel has lost all hope. It looks an impossibility for anything to ever come positive again. Just as he showed Ezekiel in this picture. He says to us today, it's the same for you. Your dry bones can live again. There is life after death. There is life after death. Some of us today have endured so many things. Sometimes I speak to some people and I'm, I'm like, how on earth do you get through? How on earth have you achieved to get where you are? I'm encouraged to listen to people who have endured through Jesus. Of things that have hit them in families, individuals, hard things. And some of these things sometimes appear to finish us. They appear to have finished us off. We even say in our hearts sometimes it's the end of me. But yet we put the brave face on, we come to church, we continue with what we believe can keep us going. And if I can just keep on doing the religious thing, I can pretend almost that things can live again. But inside, these things have died. Proverbs 18.14 says this, The human spirit can endure in sickness. I find it pretty difficult sometimes when I'm ill, to keep on praising God. But somehow we seem to do it. We get through and we we do. But it says this in Proverbs 18.14. The human spirit can endure in sickness. But a crushed spirit who can bear. A crushed spirit who can bear. And there's some people today. They've endured sickness. They can endure certain things in their life. But a crushed spirit. When everything feels drained. When they have no energy to even pick themselves up. You know, Ezekiel was picked up, it says, and led to be shown. The Spirit of God picked him up and showed him what life could do to a dead situation. There's life after death. There is life after death. John 11 verse 25 Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Let me remind you today, you're saying, well, Ezekiel, that's Old Testament stuff. God took him. What about me today? What about me tomorrow morning? What about when I leave here? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. We serve a God of the resurrection. We serve the one who says, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. If the same spirit lives inside of us, how much more can it revive some of our circumstances and our situations that we found ourselves in? We read in Ezekiel 37, it said in verse 2, he led me back and forth. Among them the bones. And I saw many of these great bones on the floor of the valley. valley, Bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Let me just 
get this picture in your mind. When he showed him this vision, this wasn't just a little dream. He not just had a bit too much cheese. And he had a little dream. Ezekiel, this was recorded in his word. And this is a major, major vision. And when God does something like this, it's a major thing. And the thing he saw, I think, would have really shocked him. He would have looked at a multitude of bones on this floor. And he says he was led back and forth looking at the remains of death. In fact, we know that when someone dies and they have to treat the body, there's a certain time when it, you can still smell death. It's Death is still there, but this was just beyond it. It's an impossibility. It's just bones. There's nothing but bones. And I want you to imagine this picture of him seeing all these bones as he's led back and forth to show him the multitude. The situation was worse than just someone immediately dying. This was beyond. Ezekiel looked and he could have said, this is impossible. This is impossible. And maybe today your situation, the thing that has hit you, is like this. It's beyond hope. You say, I can't have a hope again. I've lost hope. I've lost hope. That feeling of helplessness when you can't do anything yourself. You can't do anything yourself. I remember many years ago, when I say many, three years ago, Lewis, when Lewis was born, our youngest. And we went to hospital and we'd gone through the whole procedure and Emma had done very well. (laughs) She did very well. And I was there with her all the time. But at right at the end of the labor, I'll never forget that when Lewis came out, the, he wasn't breathing. And they took him over to the side and he was just not breathing. And at the time they told us that he had swallowed what's called meconium, which is they take waste into their, from the mum, into their lungs. And it's a serious thing. And the child can die from this. And I'll never forget looking after after nine months of excitement. Nine months of, of thinking about this day. And then all of a sudden stood in this room looking at all these doctors charging in around him. And putting this oxygen onto his little mouth. And for that moment... I served God, but I looked and I thought, I'm helpless. I can't do anything. I've got nothing. I can't do anything other than trust God. Believe that God can do something. And all these people were rushing in and they were the experts. And for this moment, this very moment, I was not the expert. I was his dad, but I wasn't an expert. And I looked and thought, what can I do? There was just nothing. And as they went away, they said, a few people went away and there was a point which I walked over. And I'll never forget it. I remember just praying and I laid my hand over him. And I prayed for the Holy Spirit to come into him. And I said, Lord, let him breathe. Let him breathe. And I walked away and then they came back and they were around him again and trying to keep the situation calm. 
But I'll never forget when he started to cry and he started to breathe. I believe God helped him. It was afterwards we read all the notes and looked at our situation, what happened, that we realized how serious it was. But I believe God was right there. I believe God was right in that moment at that time. And I I can tell you I felt like I had nothing. I thought I've got nothing. Even when my faith, I'd believed God for so many years. I thought, why is this happening? Why? And what I've come to learn is that we just have to trust God. We have to trust him and believe that he can act. And that day, what could have been tragic, God, I believe, brought life. Into his body. And now he's a beautiful little son. He's not too well today. But he's, he's here with us. And I thank God for that. But I want to tell you today. You're in that. Sometimes find yourself in that situation. There's moments you've been. Like I was the nine months I was going through. And you feel like everything's great. And it's exciting. And we got all the things ready for Lewis to come home. We were preparing. And then tragically it can just change. The whole situation changes. And you find yourself, you thought one minute it was all great. The next minute everything changes. And I cannot do anything but trust God. And believe that God will help. There's only one reason as we said earlier that God showed Ezekiel this vision. We read it in verse 11. It says, the peop- God says the people of Israel saying our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. I believe that this, as God was reminding him, this is what the people of God are saying. That our bones are dried up. We have nothing left. We've lost hope. We can't do anything. We're cut off from our land. We're never going to see our land again. It looked like a helpless situation. But the Lord's promise in verse 12 was this. Therefore prophesy, he said to Ezekiel, and say to them, the dry bones, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I'm going to open up your graves and bring you up from them, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. His promise was there. His promise was there. The second thing I want to say today is there's power in your words. There is power in your words. God asked Ezekiel in this story, he asked him a question. He said this, can these bones live? Can they live? He didn't just take him in this vision and show him the bones in the valley and then watch Ezekiel be amazed as he showed him a miracle and then all these things happen without Ezekiel doing anything. He asked him a question, can they live? I'm sure when God asked Ezekiel this question, he thought, I know that he won't be able to believe. I know that he won't really be able to picture what I can picture. Because it does look impossible. But I want to challenge and question to see where he's at. And he says, can these bones live? And I love Ezekiel's response. He says, he looks at these vast expanse of bones. He looks looks at everything around him and sees this. Land of death. And he says this, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Sovereign Lord, you alone know. He doesn't say, yes, 
I believe, Lord, I've got enough faith, faith as big as the mustard seed to believe this. I've got, I've got enough faith to believe. He says, no, sovereign Lord, this looks so impossible to me. This situation, this thing I'm in looks so impossible to rectify, to bring to life, to have anything of substance again. God, there's only you alone would know that. There's only you alone would know whether it's possible. Ezekiel didn't say, I know you can. He says, I know you can. He didn't say, I know, yes. He says, Lord, you know. You know. And throws it back on God. God didn't say, well, if you haven't got enough faith or you didn't believe, then I ain't going to show you anything else. I think that Ezekiel's answer was good enough. Ezekiel's answer was good enough. And for you today, I want to encourage you. Sometimes you don't know what to say, but the power of your words, just by saying to God, Lord, I don't know the answer to my situation, but you alone know. Maybe your faith, maybe your belief in God died long ago with these bones. Maybe you profess... I think I've got faith. I don't know how much faith I've got actually. But let me tell you this. When you lost your faith, you've never lost your voice. When you think you've lost faith, you've never lost your voice. He says this. That God asked Ezekiel to prophesy. Many of you know that when we speak of the prophetic here, we, we say we prophesy. We prophesy over people, we bring, we speak words, we bring words of knowledge, lot, different thing, word of knowledge to prophesy. Prophecy is something, declaring something that will come in the future. It's not fortune telling, it's declaring what we believe in our spirits God wants to do with individuals. And sometimes, you know, we've got to prophesy over situations, speak life to situations. You say, I'm not going to receive, I'm not going to say any prophetic word until I've received and I've got this clear, vivid picture of what God wants to do. Let me tell you, God wants to bring life to your, and resurrect hope again in your circumstances. Begin to speak life. Your words have power. Your words have power. I love the fact that Jesus Asked his disciples to go out into all the world. He said, preach the good news. He knew that our voices had power. It's not just the voice that has power, but when it's anointed by the Holy Spirit, it comes with power. Jesus needs us vessels. You say, well, it's it's all God. I'm giving it to God. Yes, it is God. It's the power of God. Everything is God. But the most beautiful thing is that he wants to ask vessels made of clay, like us, who are sinners, who have fallen short of his glory, to use our mouthpiece, to use this tool. And if he wants to let you use this tool, there must be some power in it if we're anointed by God. So therefore, not just preaching to people, speak over your circumstances and do as Ezekiel did. Prophesy. Pray over your circumstances. Say, Lord, I speak positively over this dead situation. 
and that life will come. In Romans 4 verse 17 it says, God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Let me read that again. God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. If, in other words, God who is in you by his spirit, God brings life to things that look as though they're dead. This is the same God. The same God. Your tongue is one of the most powerful parts of your body. It can bring life or death. Believe you me, I've met many people who brought death. (laughs) Some words that cripple you. I've met some people and they, boy they know how to use their tongue. Boy do they know how to bring words that will cripple you. But do you know what? I much prefer to use this to try when I can. I don't always achieve it. To bring life. To be positive. To bring life from our tongue. Proverbs 18, 20, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what does it mean for you? To use your tongue. To declare God's word. To be positive over your situation. There is power to bring life. In what you say. And sometimes the hopeless circumstances can silence you. Rob you of your voice. You feel like you've got nothing to say anymore. You can't speak. You can't pray. You can't read the word. You can't even get the word inside you. Because it's just too much to bear. Spending time with God is just at the back of the list. To pray is at the bottom of the list. I can't even find the strength, Lord, to come into your presence to pray over this. But remind, I want to remind you today that in your tongue, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you can declare over things just as Ezekiel did. And he wanted to show Ezekiel not just how something could be revived, something could be resurrected again that looked dead. He wanted to show him that, look, if you speak and you prophesy what I'm telling you, Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Maybe it's time you had to go back to your Bible. Maybe it's time that you need to go back to that place, that secret place where you go into that place and say, God, I'm going to come back and start to to read scriptures and remind myself of the positive promises of God over this situation. And to do that, it takes a step. You have to activate it. and You have to do it yourself. To move towards that. Romans 10.17, Paul said this, Faith comes by hearing. If you're saying today, I ain't got much faith, I feel as I ain't got much faith left. Faith comes by hearing. And by hearing the word of God. When we hear the word of God, we're reminded of his power. We're reminded of his promise. We're reminded of everything he is. We're reminded just as, like I've said today in John. That he is the resurrection and the life. Because the enemy 
we want to remind you that he is, he isn't the resurrection and the life. That when death comes, that's it. But how many of you know that he is the victor over death? Where or oh where is your sting or oh death? He is the victor over death. I remember many years ago when I was, I was in my, I think, second year in comprehensive school. I remember coming into a lesson one day and I was late for the lesson and I walked in. Yeah, I was in trouble, Steve. I was very naughty at school and I came into this lesson and um, I remember at the back I was with my friends and we were talking and whispering and the teacher said to me, stop talking. And called me forward and she says, I want to see you after the class. I'm like, oh dear, oh dear, I'm in big trouble. And I was the one who actually got into trouble for all of them. Have you ever had that? You kind of take the responsibility. And everyone else was just as bad as me, but no one saw this. And the teacher called me forward at the end of this lesson. And she said to me, she said, I want you to come to detention tomorrow morning, half an hour before Half an hour before it starts, she wanted me there to be, be there early. And I want you to come in and I'll meet you here. And I want you to write on the blackboard something like, I can't remember the number, 50 or 60 times I had to write, I will not talk in class again. To fill this blackboard. So the next day, and I was someone at school, if someone ever said that to me, I'm like, oh no, I'm in really big trouble. And I told my mum and I said, I'm really sorry. And I thought, I wish I just didn't have to do this. And I went the next morning, I'll never forget it, walking into the classroom. And she wasn't there. I walked in, and she wasn't there. So I thought, shall I leave? If I leave, and she shows up, then I'm going to probably have to do this twice. Or do I just stay, do it, and then when she comes in, she says, well done, you came. But I felt like giving her detention for not showing up. I thought the cheek of it. So do you know what I did? I wrote these lines. I thought, I'm going to do the good thing. I'm going to write these lines. And when she appears later on, she'll have to rub the blackboard and clean the blackboard before she starts the lesson. That'll teach her. And so I did this. And I wrote these lines. I will not. I will not speak in class again when the teacher is speaking or something like that along those lines. And I wrote this and filled this whole blackboard. And I was trying to, I remember I was trying to get lots of them, these lines onto it. But let me tell you this, the point of the story is this. The reason I, I, I remember this story is because I believe that the more I looked at that, when she came in that day, she wasn't there and I thought, well, is the lesson being learned? She's not seen me do this detention. But let me tell you this, I've never forgot as I've repeated those words and I never did speak again in the class, let me tell you that, because my arm hurt after I'd wrote. But there is something when we keep repeating, when we keep speaking and saying the same thing, we don't give up. And you will not forget, some of us spend some time quick in the word of today, yes, wow, That's great, God. Thank you, Lord. I love that scripture. Get it for the fridge. Put it on the fridge. But we don't go back and look and repeat these words of God that bring life into our situations. And the word to you today is this. Is keep repeating it. There's nothing wrong with repetition. There's nothing wrong with reading 
and declaring and continually declaring these power words over your life. Finally, my last point, there's more than meets the eye. There's more than meets the eye. Ezekiel 37 in verse 7 said this, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them. And skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. I want you to picture this. We picture the scene of all of these bones. The death. We said there's life after death. He looks at this and he speaks over them. And now he begins to see as he prophesies. And uses the words that the Lord has commanded him to say. He begins to see life coming. And I want you to just picture in your minds. Think of put your best special effects head on. To think about what this looked like. Because as he looked across the vast amount of bones, all of a sudden, he says these bones started to connect together and started to form what we would know as a human skeleton. And then these, these bodies were all there in front of him. All these skeletons. And he says tendons started to appear. And then flesh started to come on these bodies. This was a massive Vision. At this point he prophesied and spoke life. Just as God had told him to. And he was seeing flesh come onto the bone. This was no longer dry barren bone. That had nothing left in it patched by the sun. This had tendons and flesh. And what looked like a this beautiful bodies again. As they should be. And now Ezekiel sees a vast array of bodies. What a vision that must have been. At this moment, Ezekiel could have thought, wow, I didn't think it was even possible to revive something to this level. To bring flesh onto a bone like this. To have a full body back again. I didn't think it was possible to see this. And some of us today stop right there. We're halfway through God reviving the hope. The hopeless situation. We're halfway through and we are so wowed by, wow, God can do this. But I don't know if he could actually really do this to the way I want it to be. And we can stop right there. Ezekiel could have settled in that vision and said, Wow God, and looked at these lifeless bodies, human bodies along, or as he looked again. But he didn't. He said to God at the end, There's no breath in them. There's no life. Yes, it's they have skin. They have tendons. We're halfway there, but there's no life. Have you given up too soon? 
Have you given up too soon and looked and thought, God, you've done, you've done good enough and you, he'd be pushing it to ask for more. He'd be pushing it to ask God to actually really bring something, really bring something back to life. And some of us today can settle for the half revived body. I want to encourage you today and I want to say this. There is some, there's a danger in church today even. Not just in your individual circumstances. But there is a danger in church. That church can have everything like this beautiful body. But be lifeless. And have nothing of the spirit of God in it. You can look across and say we're halfway there. Look at this. It looks great. Everything looks great. The body looks great. But really... If you were to finish your sentence off, you would say, but there's no breath, there's no life, there's no spirit. I want to encourage you today that I want us to be a church that believes in going the next step to say, Lord, we want a church that has a body that looks good, but has the breath of life in it. The breath of the Spirit of God. Amen. Ezekiel saw this. Ezekiel looked and said, there's no breath in them, God. There's no breath. So what does he do? Verse 10, he continues to prophesy to the breath. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood to their feet. Wow. Wow. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Before he was looking at lifeless bodies. That looked pretty good. But now all of a sudden. As he speaks. The life. The breath of God. He says these bodies. And I'll tell you what. If you want to put your your special effects on, head on again. Think about it again as he looked in this vision and saw what once was dry dead bones. Now there's bodies standing up. Loads of bodies are standing to their feet. And I love what he describes these bodies as. He says they're a vast army. We've gone from Dry bones to a vast army. Something that has nothing of life in it. In fact, it's beyond it. To having a vast army. For your situation today, for your hopeless situation, God can change something completely from nothing to a vast army. And in the church too, in his body, when his breath of life comes in, The church isn't just limp and looks good. He has a life that an army is standing. We sing that song so many times here. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. We sing it passionately. Sometimes we don't understand the words we're singing. I'll tell you what. I declare that and prophesy over this church. There is an army rising up. You might say, no, well, I ain't got that yet. I've not got the picture. I've not got the vision yet. I'll come back to me when I see. 
Let me encourage you. If you haven't got the vision, start to prophesy it. Start to say, God, I want an army. I want to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I want to see all the things you want to do. Because I'll tell you what. Some of the stories I keep hearing. And some of the things I keep sharing with other people as I meet them. They're saying, wow. Wow. I say, yeah, it's not me. It's God. God is bringing his breath into this situation. The body of Christ is moving on the breath of God. I thank God that this church is a church that the bodies are standing up. We're not just someone who's just going to lay down and look good and relax. These bodies stood up like a vast army. It was the breath of God. It was the very breath and spirit of God that brought back this hope. If you really think about this story, it's all the way through God does some amazing things. But it's right at the very end when his breath of life comes in. That's the key. That is the key to everything we do. His spirit in us, in the church. It was the breath of God that brought back true hope. I love this. And I put down an army that's alive and kicking. Alive and kicking. Not someone who's dead. I want a church that's alive and kicking. The very heartbeat of God. The very heartbeat of God for his people in this city. And you want a situation where it's alive and kicking again. I just want to point you to the very, very beginning of the Bible. In Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2. He says this in the beginning, the very first thing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit... The spirit, that word in Hebrew is ruach, ruach. The spirit, the ruach of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That means there was something there already, something formed. It was lifeless but in darkness, but something was there. And it says the spirit of God, the ruach, was hovering over the waters It was the spirit when God said his word and said let there be light. It was his spirit that brought life into everything we see today. His spirit. It was his spirit. Let me tell you the same Hebrew word ruach that's used when he said to Ezekiel. Speak the breath of life into these dry bones is the exact same word. He said prophesy that the ruach will come into these bones and that they'll live again. Many, many years on from the very beginning of time before any of us were ever here. And his spirit breathed life into existence. That same spirit 
was there then at the beginning. It was there to raise Christ from the dead. It's there for us, a new believer to receive and be filled. The same spirit is the same spirit that he said to Ezekiel, speak to these bones and they'll live again. It's the same spirit. It's not just different stories. It's the same spirit. And he that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. The same spirit. There's only one. There's only one. And I want to encourage you today to prophesy again. Don't settle. Don't go for what meets the eye. What Go for more. Prophesy the spirit, the life to bring back hope in your situation. Jeremiah said, didn't he? He said, God's word is like, in my heart is like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. When he went to the word, when he read the word, when he looked at the word, he was filled with the word. When God spoke to Jeremiah, he was filled with his word, his spirit. It was like fire. Shut up in his bones. Not dry bones. It brought life. Even to Jeremiah in his bones. As I finish, I want to encourage you today. That is, if there's life has been lost in your situation. There's things right now. If I, even at the beginning of when I start speaking, there's something straight away in your mind. You say, Lord, there is something that I, I just cannot see your way forward in this I feel like I've been kicking around at these bones for a long time and I'm looking at them Lord and I don't see how how is it possible we sing it every week nearly God is able God is able he will make a way where there seems to be no way he will make a way Our God is able. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. We sing it. Come on church. Come on people. Wherever you're at. Wherever you're at right now. Sing that song in the valley of dry bones. Sing it over your situation. Say God I'm not going to look and kick at these bones any longer. And just get dusty feet. And then go back and come back the next day and kick him around again and hope something happens. I'm going to go into the valley and I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing over our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Amen. Alan, can you join me? So number one again, there's life after death. In your dead circumstance, in your dead situation, there is life. There's power in your words, in your tongue. There's power in what you say. Power to bring life or death. God has given you that tongue. Use it well. Some of us are good at coming to church and just receiving and waiting for God to make us feel good. We all like to feel the presence of God. And that's good. But he also 
give you a tongue to worship him, to give something back to him. And to use your tongue to start declaring your way back out of this dry valley. Do you know what? When he looks at you, he sees amazing potential. People filled with his spirit. He sees in you the ruach, the breath of life that he saw right at the very beginning. When the spirit hovered over the waters. Boy, sometimes I read that scripture and I think I wish I could just see what happened that day. As the spirit of God brought life. I wish I could see it. And I want to remind you today, just again, that that same spirit that was there right at the beginning, that brought everything you see when you walk out today, everything you look around and see, that same spirit that was there is available to you today to speak life and to resurrect hope. Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.